0: Well, first of all, you're listening to Philosophy in the Bedroom.
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, I forgot. Hi. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hi. Hi.
1: Hi.
0: This is Philosophy in the Bedroom. Is it? Apocalypse Now edition.
1: Does it even matter?
0: (laughs) Well, that's what we're philosophizing about. Oh, Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I
0: mean, like a good existentialist potential nihilist... You true,
1: know. true. I'm, I'm getting pushed over the... Okay, yeah, you're right. Hi! Um. We are... Uh. Philosophy in the Bedroom or something? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's Maylin, and I'm Dana. <laughs> and...
1: Uh. Welcome to the politics episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, the way that we've envisioned this episode is we want to flash back in time...
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: To, as you put it, the Halcyon days. <laughs> yes. November 6th. Six.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Two days before the election.
1: Which was like 300 years ago.
0: Yes. And so we have a clip of our conversation that occurred back then that mm-hmm. we want to play for you guys to give you a sense of how we went into the election. And then we're going to flash forward to present day. <laughs> It's going to be a nice contrast. Okay, so so here here's past tense November 6th conversation.
1: Enjoy. We are recording two oh. days before the actual election. This is November 6th. We are recording on November 6th. On the 16th year of our Lord. Uh oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, eight years ago, I... Dip my toe into the campaign process. I went to mm-hmm. New Hampshire, went through a hellish experience in the New Hampshire primaries. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, eight years ago, I also felt this way. I also felt like this is the shittiest process ever. It brings out the worst in people. It brings out the worst in in this country and i've lost faith in like democracy and (laughs) america and citizens and how am i supposed to be in the same country and society as these people And, and and then you know like it it's been okay i mean four years ago the election was pretty ugly as well but you know like it's you know it gives me a little bit of hope that after tuesday and then maybe a little bit after that things won't be too bad
0: see here's my question though for or i guess i had two responses to that one just a, a comment is i think that what makes it so awful is the consistent media coverage beginning like two years before the election even starts so that uh, yeah you know like you've barely even gotten a reprieve before it starts up all over again and you just want to die constantly yeah another comment is that i think it's worse this year because you have like basically a media mogul running for president so you know there's just more coverage more you know more shocking scandals um but then i guess the question is we haven't had to face like the election of a republican president in our adult lives and i just i don't know if i can imagine a scenario oh, that's right You know, because, like, we had Bush, but we were, like, I was too young. We were too young. Yeah, we were too young to vote. And I think at the time it felt like a victory to me because my parents are Republican. (laughs) So I was like, oh, yeah, the guy that we wanted to win won. You know, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So I wonder how we will feel at some point in the future, not on Tuesday because it's not going to (laughs) happen, but (laughs) at some point when we have to, like, live through the election of a Republican. Like, will we die? I don't know. I might die. (laughs) Because I just want to, I want to live in a world where it's all, always, not even always Democrats, but just always people who are, like, not shitheads getting elected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: eventually, they're going to elect a shithead.
1: Oh, God. Good Lord. I can't. Can I talk about an experience I had in 2008 that sure. really put me off politics for eight years?
0: <laughs> you know, there was a re-election in t- 2012, right? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and we voted. No, no, no. We voted. But... um. But in 2008, I was in New Hampshire. I was also campaigning for Hillary in the primaries. And that was the year that Barack Obama just appeared out of, out of like nowhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a long time, people didn't take him seriously, especially in the Hillary camp because they're like, oh, my God, this like super young guy. He's got no experience. His platform is identical to hers. How could this even happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> but I was twenty years old. I was very idealistic and I was like, oh yay, I'm gonna participate in a democratic process. Mm-hmm. See what campaigning is like. And I was so passionate, I was posting these like essays on my Facebook wall and everything. <laughs> and there's one night in particular, it was a night of a debate. So one of the Democrat primary debates, I know it was Hillary, Obama, John Edwards, if you remember him. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Right. May his political career rest in peace. <laughs> right. It was, it was mainly Hillary and, and Obama, though. Like, no one really cared about Edwards. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And so outside of the stadium, all the supporters are there with the signs, cheering, and slogans, and the media trucks were there. And it was a, a huge Hillary crowd, a huge Obama crowd, mainly college kids. And then for some reason, the Ron Paul supporters were there. It's like, your, your candidate is a Republican. He's not even at this debate. Why are you at the Democratic debate rally? Yeah, those people are just annoying. So I got lost in the crowd.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right
1: yes i was i was carrying this gigantic hillary sign all right it was very heavy and there was like wind blowing and i'm very short and uh, <laughs> and and i got lost and i ended up being the lone hillary supporter between the the huge raucous college age obama crowd mm-hmm. right and then and the really crazy like militant <laughs> rom Paul crowd
0: oh my god it's like all the 2008 versions of bernie bros
1: yes yes i know and then there's little me with my giant hillary sign right smack dab in in the middle
0: and let me guess they tried explaining to you why
1: you were wrong no if only right no it immediately turned violent what? Yeah. They started hitting me. They started spitting on me. What? They were shoving me into. Yeah. That's it was fuck? traumatizing. It was traumatizing. And and it was like cold in New Hampshire. The ground was icy. And I ended up being like close to the fence where they had the media's uh, like cameras and everything. So everyone mm-hmm. wanted my position because I was right in front of the cameras. So they were like shoving me into the fence. It's like metal fence to try to knock me down because it was slippery and icy. Yeah, it was horrible. And I was just, I remember thinking, like, I, I guess I dissociate in traumatic experiences. So I, I like, remember thinking, like, this is not making me want to vote for either of your candidates. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to be like, hey, let's talk about why you support your candidate and why I support my candidate. and See if we could find common ground and let me persuade you to come to my side. No, they weren't doing any of that. They were literally trying to, like, knock me down. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was a horrible experience. And look, like i I really respect Barack Obama. I think he and his family are the classiest things to ever happen to our White House. but um <laughs> but like mob mentality, dude, like that was a traumatizing experience, yeah, and I remember uh, so I'm from Chicago, so it's just about exclusively all of my friends back home were Obama supporters. Mm-hmm. One of my friends was editing some newsletter for University of Chicago, and he knew I was doing campaign work, and he asked me to write about my experience. So I wrote about that experience, and obviously he cut out like eighty percent of what I wrote <laughs> and then published it in his newsletter <laughs>
0: that's fucked up
1: yeah yeah and that's people who supported one of the classiest most calm-mannered mature intelligent candidates we've seen mm-hmm. in barack obama you just i just can't imagine the people who support one of the most violent bigoted <laughs> fear-mongering candidates we've ever seen
0: yeah because this is going to air after the election, yes. I think we need to do like a choose your own adventure type. <laughs> we need to do two versions of our of our responses.
1: <sighs> All right. <laughs> Should
0: we start with the good or the bad?
1: Oh. Why don't let's start with the bad and we can end on a high note. Okay. <laughs>
0: <sighs> okay. So it's post November eight and. Oh. <laughs> And, uh. <laughs> oh, God. Hair <laughs> Trump has been elected. Oh, no. <laughs> What are we. Oh. It's post November 8th, and. Oh, God. Overlord Trump
1: has been elected. Oh, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're gonna have to create a suicide pact. <laughs>
1: what? I would like to. Wait, 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 wait. This is getting drastic. What? Okay. Well, all right. Fine. <laughs> uh, Moving to Canada is one thing, but like a suicide pact is another one. Dana, come on. I'm gonna go the Sylvia Plath route. Do that. No, God. Head in the oven. No, no. Okay, no, fine. Dana, come on. All right. No. Okay. So that's You're gonna that's be plan fine. B. Okay. You, you, you're gonna be fine. You're blonde. You're of Nordic stock. I <laughs> don't care about that. It's the principle.
0: <laughs> okay so suicide pack plan b uh plan a we're packing our bags right now (laughs) i'm putting in all my dildos and (laughs) i guess he'll try to take those just like obama tried to take our guns female pleasure bad um um, all my dildos okay what yeah what are you doing
1: i yeah i guess I'll, i'll brush up on my chinese um to do what get sent out of the country yeah in case i need to go back yeah oh oh yeah yeah yeah. okay well also like a trump presidency would probably be good for all our you know international rivals because they'll just like exclude us from everything (laughs) no because he's going to negotiate really bad deals Oh, but he does the best deals, uh, oh, oh, yeah, right, that's what right, I've been sorry. hearing. He keeps <laughs> saying, "I do the best deals, I don't know, oh boy, I think I believe him. I mean, the steel he uses to build his buildings are from China, his ties know, and his funny, hats, funny. you know, you know, the make America great again hats are made in China, yeah, so
0: so you're actually saying it's gonna be more profitable for you to move to China because
1: that's that's what I'm saying, yeah,, uh, I see yeah. well,
0: good, you know, someone's got to win out of this whole thing. <laughs>
1: oh uh, yeah yeah but china's a whole nother bag of worms yeah uh, dude.
0: i think actually if i don't end up moving out of the country i think i might uh do some sort of like bomb shelter but like out in the woods do kind of like a walden oh, pond style dude,
1: you will do so well in china you should come with me to
0: china no fuck china i want to be a no. hermit like in the woods you know in china you could get
1: a job to just could like stand there model? and be white yeah <laughs> I could be and a model in China. Yes. Totally, dude. Sweet. You're, you're Yeah. You can, okay, but, you, you can also just get a job to just, you know, sit there. Like companies hire white people to sit there to be like, okay. ooh, look, we have a white person. <laughs> That's why you're friends with me. I'm not even joking.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you also told me that one time that I would make a great table. And so, yes, fuck you.
1: Yes. Well, you would make a great table. You are qualified to be a table. That's just demeaning.
0: <laughs> It doesn't matter if I'm white, that's still demeaning.
1: I'm I'm just listing jobs that you're qualified for, okay? (laughs) In China,
0: I'm only qualified to be a table or a model. Objects both. (laughs) I think I'm going to skip the
1: China part, but I do, Uh, I want to do a
0: Walden Pond style hermit removal, self-removal from culture.
1: Uh huh. Are you going to be able to get brie at Walden Pond? (laughs)
0: I'll, I'll make my own brie i'll have some cows
1: wait wait i thought only cheese from a specific part of france could be called brie
0: i don't think that's true i'm pretty sure you can make brie elsewhere because you know how like whole foods had that really really cheap brie that i was like how do they how do they sell this for like $2.39 and then it like came out it was like prison cheese (laughs) as I like to call it. They were having prisoners make it for like two cents an hour and that's how I could afford to buy brie every week. Yeah. So I feel like if that can be called brie and it was made in like prison then...
1: Right. True. Yeah. True. Good point. Okay. So you (laughs) will have brie at Walden Pond. So I'm going (laughs) to hire
0: prisoners at Walden Pond to make my brie and... but. Underpay them. America. Because we're living in Trump's America now. <laughs> and um uh, Yeah, no, but I'll probably just kill myself.
1: <laughs> no. God, no. Okay. Joking, I will not allow it's Dana to do that.
0: It's a joke. Okay.
1: Jeez. Anyway. Uh
0: Jeez. okay. Alright. I think that we've exhausted the misery of this scenario.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. And just saying I, I do not want to go back to China. Like there's a reason why we left.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because let's face it, none of this shit is gonna happen because hair Trump's not gonna get elected because he's frankly unelectable. But how did we get it? oh yeah, we were gonna do positive oh, yes. scenario.
1: Yes, yes. So okay President Madame
0: <laughs> President Clinton. Whoa. I'm Oops. getting drunk. <laughs> I'm not, because I have too much work to do. But Oh shoot. Oh shoot, it's
1: a work day. God damn it.
0: Oh yeah, today what day is it in our fake scenario?
1: I don't uh, whatever. It whatever. be it's sometime it'll be next be Tuesday week. night, Wednesday morning. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. well, I'm not going to any of the crazy parties that are that are happening around you. Why right? are not I? I, don't, I don't,
0: the, why aren't you no. going to the actual? Like you live probably blocks away from the place where I they're don't celebrating. Want
1: to I don't want to be in the middle of a large crowd. Like I really. What that's like? I would actually it. love
0: to do that because she rented out that huge. Yeah, like Crystal Palace type building. <laughs> yeah. With the whole, like, m- symbolic glass ceiling. I mean, how yeah, are you going to be like, no, I'm not going?
1: Well, first of all, the wait list is pretty long. the Oh, that's I, yeah, I like thought people... maybe
0: if you just, like, stood outside forever, you
1: could get in. <laughs> True. I do have work that day, though. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, though, I don't, I, I think my boss wouldn't mind. My boss is a hardcore Hillary supporter. Yeah. But she also she also already has fireworks prepared, apparently. <laughs> Clinton does? Yeah. Oh. I know, I know.
0: Sweet. So at least you'll get to see those.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stephen Colbert was like, yes, they form the letters for hubris. <laughs> I would
0: like them to form the letters F-U. <laughs> I think I'll probably, like, cry a little. Yeah. So I'm just an emotional gal like that. Maybe I'll have a drink. I'll probably high five my boss.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's an early result. You know, like the 2012 election.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't really think about that. Like that, I'll probably have to be like staying up all night. Fuck. I don't have time for
1: that.
0: (laughs) Well, but the nice thing is California time. Oh, that's right. I'll actually I'll be fine. Probably like it'll happen by the time
1: by the time I get off work. Yeah, it'll be like seven o'clock and you'll know. Yeah. 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 Hopefully it's an early it's an early thing.
0: Yeah. I think um, I'll skip to work the next day. (laughs) And I'm not a skipper. You know this about me. Yes, yes. I think, you know, even though probably both of us have certain reservations about Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I'm extremely excited about the idea of having a, a female president. I think it will be the best thing that's happened to for us, like politically in our lives. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. I just don't see how any male president could be in tune with the issues that women face in the same way that a woman could. Like, I know that probably sounds like biologically determinant, but...
1: I feel like for now, considering our politicians are, you know, a generation older than us, I yeah. think there will be a day in the future where we will have male politicians who yes. are, you know, who have been, been raised by people who are also open-minded and progressive and empathetic. Yeah, I and agree. I think that's what it takes. It takes a couple. It takes a couple generations, mm-hmm. you know. Like you could be as as progressive as you want, but if you know your parents were not, there's something in that that you sort of grew up with a certain idea or a certain like idea of normalcy. Yeah, that you have to like unlearn eventually. That and you can unlearn, but I think at some point there will be like generations of people who think it's totally normal for a woman to be president, totally normal for you know yeah. someone who's not white to be president, and their children, I think, will be. Yeah, I mean, hope.
0: <laughs> I'm not even necessarily advocating like it's not like I'm saying, oh there always has to be a female president because, you know, those are the only people that understand us. But like I do think there's no reason that there shouldn't be a female president every other election or every other two elections cuz usually the incumbent wins. You know, every <laughs> 8 years it should switch off. Women make up over half the population. Why the fuck isn't it the case that we're Slightly over half of the presidents.
1: Right. But also, Congress. If there were
0: women in power more, the world would be a better place for women.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be maybe like a better place overall because I feel like women could also have a wide variety of views, but it would be a better place for women.
0: But I honestly, like, I would trust a republican woman over a republican man i have to say like that might make me sound like i'm voting with my (laughs) vagina or what have you but fuck that (laughs) it's just common sense
1: unless she's like michelle bachman yeah
0: but like fuck i don't know even michelle bachman might be better than some republican dudes i don't know i feel weird saying that (laughs) but like
1: i feel weird hearing that I, I don't know. I, th- I think the Republican Party can do so much better oh, yeah. than I the mean, current nominee. Well, yes. Yeah, and also some of the people that they have right now. Right, exactly.
0: Yep. Like, it doesn't matter if they're the party of, like, 19th century family values. <laughs> <laughs> they n- need to get with the times if they expect to ever get elected again. Like, that's my yeah. personal feeling about it. And I've been saying this for years. I was telling my dad, I swear to God, like, six years ago, I was like, the Republican Party is in for, like, a massive wake-up call because they don't have anyone to put forward. They don't have anyone that's electable because all the major leaders of the party are these, like, old out-of-touch white dudes who keep making stupid comments about, like, abortion and shit you know how like rapist babies should be carried to term and like all this idiotic stuff you know and it's like even michelle bachman probably knows that's not true (laughs) like deep down like (laughs) she can empathize with that situation more than a guy like i don't know i just lord i don't know so yeah i was telling him this and he was I, i remember him saying like well you know like Jeb Bush is supposed to be really good. <laughs> I was
1: like, yeah, maybe, like we'll see, but it you know, didn't work out. Uh, apparently not. Yeah. yeah. So uh you know, I I liked McCain until he picked Palin. And I think Palin was yeah. the beginning of the end. Yeah, I didn't even hate
0: McCain. Like I didn't vote for him, but I didn't hate him.
1: Have you seen that video of him that's back during the two thousand eight election? He was at some rally of uh you know republicans and this old woman was like i just don't trust obama because i think he's muslim and mccain just took the microphone away from her and was like no he's not <laughs> yeah <I> like that <laughs> yeah and and that and that was great but then he picked palin and that was the beginning of the end for yeah. the republican party
0: yeah i mean that was just a shit show And you'd think they would have learned, but they didn't. (laughs) But then, like, two days ago, he was in the news for saying that he was going to block any of Hillary Clinton's Supreme Court nominees. And I was just like, Uh, et tu, Brute? You were doing so well. (laughs) You were doing so well.
1: How, Yeah. yeah, how did it come to this?
0: I don't know, but honestly, I'm pretty sure the Republican Party learned their lesson with this one. They basically just threw the election down the toilet because of, like, a vocal
1: minority. Yeah, yeah, but hey, at least Mitt Romney respected I mean, it more than I did. binders uh.
0: full of women, Mitt Romney, like... Sure.
1: Yes, yes, I, yeah. I respected Let's, more than I did about that, a little so, bit more. Every,
0: it's like, this, this election's actually brought out a lot of shades of gray. The bar's very low, the bar set very low. Yeah, because like,
1: <laughs>
0: it's like, wow, suddenly I have like, appreciation for these people that normally I would hate. I mean, even like, I was watching an interview between Newt Gingrich and, um megan Kelly. <laughs> oh, I was like, "Damn, she's awesome! Like, she's making good points. She just totally called him out on being like yeah. a violent, aggressive dick bag." And then, yeah. like, and then I was just like, "Wait, but it's still megan Kelly, <laughs> right?" <laughs> like, you know. So I, d- I think like maybe it's healthy. This election season has been has been healthy in getting us to examine. The fact that like our preconceived notions about what's good and what's bad are not always correct and that you can disagree with some some views and agree with other views all held by the same person, you know, like people are complex. And
1: you know how like I I use you as an example sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is utter political conversation. Bullshit because I'm actually like a very
1: No, 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 I know. The, for for this election, I've I've been using I've been using you again and, and in a positive way, all right? Like to uh-huh. like build <laughs> Is this Cause... some sort of morality
0: rags to Rich's tale. She used to be a Republican. <laughs> no, no no I didn't no, no. used to be a Republican. <laughs>
1: just so No no no. It's just it happens that like I I'm kind of in a bubble, as in the people around me, you know, tend to be um, you know, like Democrat and tend to be in a bubble, basically. So I was talking to my to my dad and I've talked to other people, people are like, I don't understand how anyone can support Trump and I'm like, Well, you know, my best friend Dana, her family supports Trump. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, wow. There's real people who support Trump.
0: Yeah, they do.
1: Yeah, they're like, and Dana turned out so so well, and you know, your your parents were very nice when we met them. Yeah, that's what's so disappointing
0: about it. I think
1: it's humanizing, though. It's humanizing to realize that the people, you know, Trump supporters are actual people with ideas and thoughts and and passions, and and you might not agree with them, but seeing them as people, like at least, enables conversation.
0: I think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like. I, I do completely agree with that, but I think when, when your own family is the example, it becomes a lot more complex. Yeah. Like, it's it's excruciating, <laughs> like, to be related to people who seem to... How do, I, how do I put this? It's like, I'm okay with them having beliefs that are different than me, but mm-hmm. what really bothers me is their inability sometimes it seems to, to think critically about things like when I, you know, like I've asked my dad, like, how, like if he would honestly advocate for, let me, let me word this in a different way. My dad thinks that the argument for equal pay is bullshit and that women essentially don't deserve equal pay because they don't work as much because they have kids. And he, mm-hmm. he believes that women are naturally predisposed to want to devote all their time and energy to their kids. Uh And I've asked him if he would extend that argument to me. And he basically says yes. And that, like, even though he doesn't mean it to be hurtful, that's still fucked up that you would literally not support your own flesh and blood on an issue that directly affects them. Like, that goes against all of a parent's evolutionary impulses. And I feel that the reason that, that he takes that hard of a line is because because people are forced to to just take a stance and and they're you know i don't know they're driven to to be like very partisan and and even when you're presented with a perfectly reasonable example of how your how your opinion is wrong or or fucked up maybe is a better word you aren't willing to change because you you've become like inflexible and it it's it's become a purely theoretical principle to you that has nothing to do with actual people's lives. And like, even with my mom and her continued support of Trump, she's someone who's very vocal about being against sexual assault and rape and things like that. And when I, when presented with the fact that 12 women have accused Trump of sexual assault, she brushes it off. Like, how mm-hmm. is this person who raised me to be like a staunch feminist capable of holding, that the conflict in their mind and then just resolving to oh i'm just gonna support the person that i've already decided i'm gonna support that's what really kills me about it so i don't know they're people but like they they take hard lines on things that maybe should be more complex
1: yeah yeah but you know like they they have you if there's anyone they're gonna listen to it's gonna be you
0: so far, it hasn't worked.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you, you've probably made more headway than anyone else could have. Any of the ads and the, like, phone calls and the stuff that... Yeah. This process doesn't end on Tuesday. You know, this is an ongoing conversation people are going to have to have for a long time.
0: I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, that's definitely true. Yeah. And uh, weirdly, I actually think my dad has kind of let up. Mm -hmm. a little bit on all this like we joke Mm -hmm. around about politics now we used to get in like really really upsetting arguments about that about it but now Mm -hmm. we kind of just like joke because i think the whole thing has become a little bit absurd to him (laughs) he was kind of behind trump and now i think he sees that that's like an untenable situation to be in even if you are a hardcore republican
1: yeah and isn't it amazing this hillary clinton this woman is running against donald trump running against julian assange basically right like fighting yeah. against putin and his army of russian hackers i've have, have you watched samantha b lo- yeah i love yeah. her. her her did you see her latest episode where she actually interviewed some russian hackers no what? it's great yeah what did they say in, in, in Russia, hackers are like a government department.
0: I mean, duh, like they bug everyone. So,
1: yeah, they have a whole department of people whose job it is to go on YouTube in the comment section. Mm. Right. And yeah, like they, <laughs> it's crazy. So, she interviewed two of the hackers, and they were just like, Americans are dumb for believing everything they read. <laughs>
0: Like, what were they saying this in reference to?
1: They were saying it to, like, the YouTube comments they make. Oh. They will make YouTube comments that are, like, totally conspiracy theories. Like, oh, Hillary Clinton killed someone and aliens. And they're like, what, Americans are so dumb. They just, re- they believe everything they read? Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And she asked, who do you personally support? And one of the hackers is like, well, you know, Donald Trump would be better for Russia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is just ridiculous. Like. Yeah. <sighs> It just doesn't make sense. Like suddenly the GOP is inadvertently aligned with the the, the, the pinko commies that they've been trashing for <laughs> 20, 50 years. Like it just doesn't like that's how you know that something got away from you.
1: <laughs> when suddenly you're aligned with Putin. You sold your soul down yeah. the river piece by piece. And now it's completely gone. That was really troubling in the past eight years when you would have GOP members oppose anything that Obama uh, sponsored, even their own bills, right? Like, it would be, like, bills that they were advocating for years, and then suddenly Obama says he wants to do it, then they're like, no, definitely not voting for that now.
0: I think it's always like that, and that's, to me, disappointing, but I'm hoping that if Clinton gets elected that she would I mean, this is what people don't like about her, is that she's too willing to like cooperate and be right. sort of like,
1: right. like a middle party. Yeah, but that's party, what but, we need.
0: But I do think that that's what gets things done.
1: Yeah. I like to think that she could do it. If anyone could do it, she can. Yeah. And if she fails, it wouldn't be for lack of trying.
0: Yeah. The thing that I like, which some people will call this flip-flopping, which is fine, I don't care. The thing that I like about her is that She actually seems very amenable to changing her platform if people are vocally opposed to it. You know, like, she's not wishy-washy, but she actually listens to her constituents. I mean, how many fucking politicians can you say that about? (laughs) That I actually appreciate.
1: We do need to examine after this election what exactly it means to be a politician in America, to be, like, a representative, you know, because it's... This whole rhetoric about like, oh, I don't, I wouldn't want to have a drink with her. Like, I wouldn't want to. Right. What do you think her job is?
0: <laughs> drinking buddy. President drinking buddy.
1: The most powerful person in the world. And you want to think if, if she, like, it's not you wanting to have a drink with her. Why would she want to have a drink with you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? She shouldn't want to have a drink
1: with you. She shouldn't want to have a drink, Especially the types of people who make those arguments like, that I see are generally like 20-year-old Bernie bros. You know, like, I don't or even like, want to have a drink or like with
0: you. Or like 60-year-old conservatives. Or that, yeah. in the In the land of Bush.
1: Right. There's many people who I would want to have a drink with who I wouldn't trust with like a goldfish. <laughs> you know? Yep. So we're ending on a high note. Yay, Madam President! Yeah, it's happening
0: in... 48 hours and or it already happened by the time that this is on the air it has happened (laughs) we're so excited
1: Woo! okay hopefully there's no there's no violence or rioting happening in the streets we're gonna we're gonna get drunk but not too much because we have work the next day because we're boss bitches that's right. I think my boss is going to be super hungover the next day. <laughs> Dana, do you remember what we said back in those um, Halcyon years? <laughs>
0: God. we were so, In November. We were so young and naive and uh. so much less stressed. If you can even <laughs> imagine that. Like, I think I... I don't even remember what the old stress felt like. <laughs> it was uh, nothing. Yeah. It was like, oh, I can't f- find my vibrator. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, are we going to get nuked?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, What was election night like for you?
0: The only thing I remember about election night—no, I remember two things vividly, mm-hmm. and the rest, the rest is all w- was a lot of gut-level anxiety. Mm-hmm. But there were two things I remember: being very excited th- during the day, and then being on the bus home from work and calling you frantically <laughs> and and saying, "Balen, it's not looking good. What if she doesn't win?" and i remember you made me feel better because you said like oh don't worry it's (laughs) early on right now we're going through the wave of red in the in the middle americas and then we're gonna get to the west coast and then it's gonna be blue again and everything's gonna be fine (laughs) right Uh uh-huh do you remember that conversation no i don't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I do because I remember I was looking at the results coming in and I was like wait 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 isn't she supposed to be ahead you know, like why is it so close like why yeah. is he sort of gaining momentum and then the other thing I remember is I I, tr- I thought if I stopped watching the results <laughs> that like maybe I was maybe I was jinxing it so I just started watching a movie uh-huh. and then and it was like midnight oh they're going to be counting all night like i'm just going to go to bed but right before i went to, went to bed i you know checked one more time and it said that trump had won mm-hmm. and of course i couldn't go to bed i literally just sat on the floor of my bathroom and <laughs> cried oh. so that 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 was my election night what what is your <sighs> recollection
1: okay my recollection was um i was at at work right cuz I'm three hours ahead of you. So I was at work.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't think we ever addressed this, but um, audience, I got a job. Yay! Yay. Yay.
0: Gainful employment.
1: I know. It's great. It's an all-women office. Woo-woo. So that day at the office, we thought we had it in a bag, as in most of America, even Trump himself, right? We thought we had it in a yeah. bag. So my boss actually had me dig out some champagne she had hidden away at the office got the glasses we toasted ourselves we uh shared stories of sexual assault and harassment and talked about how glad we are those days will are coming to an end oh boy (laughs) i know uh right and then we went on home to our merry way looking forward to the next day um yeah, and uh, and then that night, I do, I, I don't, I don't remember specifically talking to you, but you weren't mm-hmm. the only one who who, yeah. who contacted me that night, being like for reassurance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Am I do I come off as a reassuring person? I don't know. No, not generally, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> you do have a background in politics, and oh. you know. S- and so I always assume, like, you have a better sense of what's going on with the Electoral College than I do. Okay. Right. Like, didn't you majored?
1: Yeah, I did. I, I majored in political science. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and you and you worked, like, on the, well, no, yeah. on the 08 Hillary campaign yep. a little bit. Yep.
1: I had a political internship at 16. I had a few others.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. So th- I think that's why people were like,
1: Bailin will know. <laughs> okay. Well... <laughs> I mean, like, the New York Times didn't even know. CNN didn't even know. So. Right. But,
0: you know, you go to whoever you can go to in the moment. Yeah.
1: I, I don't remember what we were doing that night. But we were, as you said, we, I think we either started a movie or a TV show, my husband and I, thinking that if we avoided the news, we'll avoid the drama and then, you know, <laughs> not have to mm. see anything bad happen. hmm yeah, so I think we did that up until like midnight, when the last embers of hope were dying, and <clears throat> and then we made ourselves go to bed because we didn't want to. Oh,
0: see, so, y- so you had to wake up to the news. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: I know, I know. I mean, we kind of, we kind of knew when we went to bed because it was after midnight, but
0: yeah, there was, there was that point where you basically knew nothing good was going to happen, mm-hmm. but I just kept waiting. You yeah, know? I was like, yep. I, I needed to see it before I could, like, have my meltdown and then go to bed. Yeah. And I did see it, but...
1: Oh, God. Well, didn't make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> the The next day at the office was just brutal. I think I was just sort of breaking out in tears every once in a while. Uh, but I'm at the front the front of the office, so I was, like, trying to hold it in, but... There were all yeah. these news the next day i don't know if you remember of just like people flying like the the nazi flag people like spray painting swastikas and things on campuses and then there were committing these hate crimes committing hate crimes yeah there's sort of the, yeah there's that wave and there was um there were these two idiots who came onto our college campus with a pickup truck and a trump flag
0: Yeah, harassing the students, basically.
1: And then bragging about it on Snapchat. And that was the news I was following while at work. Um, And it was just like a gut punch on top of an apocalypse.
0: Can I talk about a moment of brief lightness, though? (laughs) Sure. It was a weird moment the next morning that I had where I was driving to work. And because I am on the West Coast, it was... I was literally listening to her concession speech on on the radio, on NPR, Aww. and um, as I was driving and I was, like, tearing up, and I got to where I normally park, and I, so I have to basically parallel park, it's street parking, and I was trying to parallel park, and I just could not, like, <laughs> it was not happening for me, I couldn't see how much space I had there were like people coming up behind me like cars waiting behind me and then I'm listening to her like conceding (laughs) and I was I was just very upset and this guy walks up next to the car and he's like oh um do you want me to help you and I was like I I just can't see how much space I have I don't know you know I was freaking (laughs) out and so he was like okay it's okay I'll I'll stand here and tell you to keep going and then I'll tell you when to stop. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. He like came out of a building because he saw me like having a shit fit and then, and like helped me park my car. And then afterwards I got out and I was like, I'm sorry, it's just been a really long 24 hours. (laughs) And then I like thanked him and walked away. And as I was walking away, I just like, I felt very upset still because it was like, oh my god, I shouldn't have needed the help of some random dude to park my fucking car, like, you know, that's so stereotypically, like, shitty lady driver. But on the other hand, I was also, like, I wanted to cry because it was a moment of niceness that yeah, had yeah. no expectation of anything in return. It was just, like, pure kindness. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was my morning after the election.
1: Oh Yeah. Aww. that That day... Uh, when I was coming back from work, there was a girl who just started crying. Gosh. Yeah. And and it was... You could just tell everyone in New York City, in Manhattan, was very upset. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we were we were in the car, in the subway car, and she just started crying. And I handed her my tissue packet. And she was like, thank you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So I think the takeaway from this, that despite horrible political circumstances life continues on and mm-hmm. people many people are still good and i guess you just have to find those moments yeah where people aren't being shitty assholes <laughs> if if we can try to find any positive
1: yeah well i think it is very inspirational to see all these people who like go out and march you know and th- and that's what i i hear too my um one of my co-workers husbands travels abroad and he's in the middle east a lot he was overseas the weekend that the, uh, the ban happened. And he said the people mm-hmm. he met were actually really amazed as so many people were protesting at the airports. And that's also something, you know, yeah. like it's sort of like a positive side effect is that people really see that most Americans are reasonable, nice people. Right.
0: And I don't want to spend too much time rehashing everything. That's right. happened after the inauguration because I think
1: it could go on forever. people are
0: pretty informed and yeah. there's been a lot <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking depressing. Yeah. But I was gonna just bring up one thing mm-hmm. to maybe like conclude. Okay. Which is um Marcuse's The Great Refusal. I don't know. Have you ever read about this?
1: Mm, I don't think so.
0: It's part of this sort of I don't know, he's I think he was communist this philosopher's set of tenets. One of them is the great refusal. And it's it's kind of about, like, the joy of just saying no. <laughs> he talks about the conditions of radical social change. Mm-hmm. And he develops this concept called the great refusal. And he, he calls it, quote, the protest against that which is, end quote. Um, so uh-huh. basically, it's about the power of saying, no, I will not essentially and and how when you look at the way that the state controls both the continuation and the the fostering of life as well as sort of the systemic production of death that there are ways that individuals can opt out of those systems maybe that's something something to look into a little bit more it's something that i've kind of heard about in different academic spheres But I'm not an expert on by any means Okay But I I, I like it as a, as a negation You know what I mean I think mm-hmm. that there's like a great power in saying Nope, I'm <laughs> not doing that Or like, no, I, I'm not going to comply with that Yeah And ultimately, people can try People can make your life harder for saying no But they can never make you say yes Yeah
1: And I think A lot of people are discovering that now that before there are people who wanted to avoid conflict or want to be nice or don't want to get into a fight or anything, you know, now they've been, they've been woke, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Thanksgiving, people are like, oh man, getting into fights with racist relatives. And there's some people who are like, well, maybe you should have gotten into those fights before the election. (laughs) Right? Right. Everyone knows someone in their life who holds appalling views and a lot of times we kind of turn the other way or we're like not my business not my problem you know don't have time to deal with it right now and we have to remind ourselves to stay angry we have to remind ourselves what the stakes are
0: and it it involves many different facets of life Mm -hmm. part of it is having political discussions but part of it relates to how you spend your money
1: mm-hmm.
0: what kinds of decisions you make about your friends your partners yeah whether you choose to get married and have kids you know mm-hmm. not to say that those things are are wrong but what whether you decide to pursue certain kinds of lifestyles all of that factors into these systems of control mm-hmm. now i sound like a conspiracy <laughs> theorist but it's it's true i mean yeah capitalism is the dominant mode of our society. Mm -hmm. Our president is a fucking, basically, Wall Street, well, failed Wall (laughs) Street businessman,
1: you know? Uh.
0: So you have to look at how did he get there? And he got there because he made people afraid of people Mm -hmm. who weren't like them instead of being angry at people who actually made his supporters' lives bad, right? Which is what <laughs> essentially ceos like who's impoverishing white people it's not muslims right like that has nothing to fucking do with it the yeah. people who keep people poor are the people who don't pay living wages exactly who exactly. want to maximize their own profits
1: uh yep yep yeah the the people in the i guess you would call like the flyover states Immigrants aren't going there to look for jobs. <laughs> if you're really if you're really scared of immigrants. Or if
0: they are, they're not gonna come and take your job. Right. It's a it's a boogeyman. Yeah, you know Exactly. What I mean? it's this, exactly. It's made up. It's this <laughs> faux apparition that's gonna haunt you in the night and it's not actually real. I mean, like, I totally thought people were smarter than this, Me considering too. that this is literally the plot of last season's House of Cards. Like, come on, fuckers. Did you not watch it? Do you not get it? Of course you don't. Because, yeah. like, you don't fucking understand, like, media. But basically, right? If you can make someone afraid, you can control them. If you can make someone buy something, you can control them. I mean, like, these are like the basest instincts. Try to Try to be a little bit above it, you know? <laughs>
1: So so I have to not necessarily optimistic, but sort of like looking forward to things. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. I've been thinking because as you said, I do have I do have a political background, but I really put that behind me because I didn't like the people. I didn't like the pace, I didn't like what I felt like I was turning into or what I had to be, et cetera, et cetera. And I felt like I I could be sort of above it all, like I I was fortunate and privileged enough that I could be independent. And this election's really been a wake-up call as it has been for, I think, a lot of people. Like my coworker just left to go back to her hometown, and she's looking into running for office in 2018.
0: That's great. Yeah,
1: I know. It's amazing. And she comes from deep south, by the way. So
0: Nice. Well, we need forward-thinking people. Exactly. In not forward places.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm just thinking about that the line from Plato where he said the the price of apathy towards political affairs is to be ruled by inferior men. <laughs> <laughs> in The Republic, Plato does talk about how, you know, like who the hell wants to run for office, right? Like it's it's horrible. That's
0: always the thing I go to where he talks about how the people who should be ruling are the ones who don't want to.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because like, who in their right mind would actually want to do that? And this is and this is what happens every time there's an election. People complain that they don't like any of the choices, but other than complaining, no one actually wants to do anything, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very inspired by my coworker. So, uh, if she's listening to this, just wanted to know I find you very inspirational.
0: Yay, go coworker! we're relying Uh, on you
1: (laughs) no pressure (laughs) the future is in your hands
0: (laughs) yes Uh, and what's the other inspiring thing
1: that was it actually one i was going to talk about plato and two i was going to (laughs) say i think it's about time we we get our hands dirty like we jump in yeah it's going to be hard, but, you know, I think everyone's been now researching who their representatives are, who their mm-hmm. senators are, how they could get involved. And what I feel is that everybody has a a sphere of influence, you yeah. know, however small. You don't have to be a public figure. There are people around you who care what you think, even if they disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And it's important to to know... Where your sphere is and, and where you can, you can help and where you could be influential and to be involved in the lives of the people around you. Because that is really the true underlying tenant of democracy is that people care about the people around them. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when you vote or when you take action, you're not just thinking about yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind. I remember. You told me that a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, that's probably one of the best things I've heard since the election. Aww. (laughs) Yeah, because it's so true. Like, you might feel completely helpless on the national scale, but in your neighborhood, in your county...
1: Or just in your family.
0: Those Mm. places do matter, and and you do have much more of an impact than being one of 120 million votes or or whatever. (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, your votes counted less because you're in California.
0: Yeah, that is something that I've been grappling with, is that I feel political action in, like, the most liberal place on earth (laughs) is not always meaningful. But I think it's fine to articulate your support of the people who are doing good things just so that they know, you know, that they have a base of supporters. And a caveat, I guess, sort of, to what you're saying is, and this is something that I've been dealing with, is fatigue will happen and you have to practice self-care, all, yeah. those, all those like cliche things that people say. You have to let yourself have some space from the news and from social media. You know, you don't have permanent space, but you have to engage and re-engage yeah. as your psyche permits. <laughs>